Hello, everyone, and welcome to Scoop's new podcast. You've seen our website, you've read our blogs, and now you can hear our voices. For those of you who are new to the Scoop, we exist to examine the ways the ice cream industry has used different mediums of advertising throughout history to create a product that produces nostalgia, even for the lactose intolerant. The Scoop consists of a team of four ice cream enthusiasts who work together to make blogs, podcasts, and vlogs that educate the public on the power of media marketing. For more information, you can go to our website that's linked in the show notes or email us at thescooptoday at gmail.com. So with that, let's spill the sprinkles. Hello, podcasters. This is Alyssa Helm, and today I will be speaking for The Scoop. We'll be discussing the history of radio and television. It's 1946, and you and your family are sitting down, tired from a long day. If this was 2021, someone would grab their remote and turn the television on. In 1946, however, very few people had televisions. So what would they do? They would turn on the radio. If you ask most people today what they thought when you said the word radio, they would probably mention their car radio, or their favorite channel to listen to music on the radio, or that scene from Say Anything. Radios used to broadcast a lot more than the Billboard's Top 100. When television entered the scene, in order to compete with radio, it was forced to focus on music. So how did the radio become so big? And how did radio have, as Norman Crowen said, the shortest golden age in history? Well, in order to answer that question, we need to go back to the very beginnings of what would become radio. The first step to getting radio was the discovery of electromagnetic waves. Hans Christian Orsted in 1820 realized that when a wire has a running current through it, there's a magnetic field created around it. Michael Faraday confirmed Orsted's theory in 1830. Faraday established the principle of electromagnetic induction. Faraday's law of induction basically states that, quote, electromagnetic induction is the process of using magnetic fields to produce voltage and in a closed circuit, a current, end quote. Marconi began to try and use these electromagnetic waves. In 1901, Marconi opened his own commercial wireless company. He broadcast the first transatlantic signal. Initially, all that could be sent were dots and dashes. In 1906, Reginald Fessenden sent the first long-distance broadcast of human voices and music. These advancements led to the golden age of radio. In the 1920s, there was very little regulation for radio. Most radio stations share times on the same frequency, and there are very few frequencies available for public use. In 1947, Congress passed the Radio Act, which basically said that the government owns the radio frequencies, and they would make new frequencies available if it was needed for the public. This cut down on the radio chaos. Companies realized that they could use the radio to advertise. This set up the use of advertisers in radio, a practice that still goes on today. The radio grew more and more popular with soap operas, children's shows, dramatic shows, and situation comedies airing on the radio. The Lone Ranger even made its own debut on radio. Large radio companies began forming such as NBC. With all these large companies having so many networks, the Federal Communications Commission decided that a company can have only one network. Radio actors were very similar to voice actors in today's cartoons. They usually voiced more than one character and used multiple voices to bring their character to life. In the 1950s, television began to become very popular. Radio lived on. 
but not as a source of dramas and comedies, but as a source of music. The earliest televisions were very different from what we have today. The earliest TVs were mechanical televisions. In order for them to work, a person would have to scan images and then transmit the scanned images onto a screen. There are multiple people who invented early mechanical televisions, and one of those earliest examples would be from Paul Nipkow. In 1884, he invented what he called the electric telescope. It was a system that sent images through wires by way of spinning disks. John Bayard gave the first real demonstration of television to a group of scientists. His company, Bayard Television Development Company, sent the first transatlantic television signal in 1928. In 1927, Filio Farnsworth invented the electronic television, but he was not the first person to do that. A Russian immigrant named Vladimir Zorkin invented another electronic television in 1923. It was eventually ruled in court that Farnsworth would get the credit for the electronic television because of an old drawing a teacher had. Television began to take off in the late 1940s, and in 1954, RCA began selling color television sets, but it wouldn't be until 1966 when television shows actually began to broadcast in color. Television and the radio both have had long histories, and yet they are still here today. While the radio is not as popular as it once was, plenty of people still tune in when they drive. Television is still fairly popular today, and lots of families sit down at night and watch TV together. Both of these mediums provide entertainment and information. While people may argue against watching too much television or the relevancy of the radio in the age of digital music, their impact on American society and culture cannot be ignored. Thank you for joining in. This is Alyssa Holm, your host once again from The Scoop, and we are looking forward to having more podcasts about ice cream and all things delicious. Again, thank you for joining us. Until next time. We hope you enjoyed that brief overview of the history of radio and television that Alyssa gave. Now, again, you may be wondering how in the world do radio and television relate to the ice cream industry? And just like last week, if you're wondering that, then don't worry, because in just a couple of days, we're going to have another episode that bridges the gap between what you just heard and how that relates to our industry, and more specifically, how you can use radio and television today to advance your cause in your content. So to be sure that you don't miss that second episode, go ahead and subscribe to our channel in order to get a notification of when our next episode is out. You can also chat with us on our website linked in the show notes or email us at thescooptoday at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again later this week.